Welcome, guys and gals. Uh, I'm Connor Beaton, and today we're going to talk about a little bit of a different subject than normal. Recently, as I'm sure you've seen in the news, there was a mass shooting, uh, two mass shootings the other day, one in El Paso and the other one in Dayton, Ohio, uh, where over, I think, a little bit more than 31 people were, were shot and killed. And usually I don't talk about these subjects on the podcast. Uh, one, because they're crappy <laughs> to talk about um, just in a basic way. But two, when these things happen, we get inundated inundated all social media platforms and media platforms are talking about it and what to do and what they think is best and their opinions are being let loose and it can feel overwhelming they can feel like it's hard to escape this negative hate-fueled conversation that actually doesn't seem to go anywhere right the problem is is that largely i i haven't wanted to talk about it mostly because I don't think that it necessarily goes anywhere. Um, but I think that that time is, is coming to an end. And, and I'll tell you why. One, there's some, there seems to be something a little bit different about what happened this week, mostly because there were the, the two shootings happened 14 hours apart. And one of them was clearly uh, fueled by racism and more xenophobic idea, ideology. And the, the challenge with this is that most of these mass shootings are not necessarily because uh, it's not a, it's not a simple it's not a simple take on why these things happen, right? And I think the challenge is, is that we can get lost looking at why someone commits a mass a mass shooting, and there can be hundreds, maybe thousands of reasons why people do that. Largely, though, we can see that the environment that people grow up in is indicative of who they become. So if people grow up in an environment that is absolutely fueled by hatred towards black people or Hispanic people or whatever, gay people, then that that's the environment they grow up in. And if they adopt that mentality because that's been preached to them and they have been taught this hatred and they've been taught this separation and segregation and they've been taught this level of better than other human beings and that and that they they have the right to treat other human beings less than themselves, even though their religion preaches loving thy neighbor as you would love thyself, uh, they grow up to pass that on. And, you know, this is part of the challenge that we see happening right now is that a lot of this hatred is bubbling to the surface. And I'm not I'm not here to share my perspective on what needs to happen within gun laws outside of the the hard fact and truth that something we we need to start trying something different. Clearly this is not working. And we can blame it on society systems and we can try and blame it on mental health. But the reality is, is that outside of all of the reasons why, why people commit mass shootings is the simple fact that it is incredibly easy for any human being in America that is a citizen to go and acquire a gun. And yes, it is your constitutional right. And no one needs to take that away from you. Uh, just like it is your constitutional right to own a vehicle. And just like it is your constitutional right to drive that vehicle. There are also laws around owning that vehicle. 
and the interesting thing is that there is is more uh, precautionary measures in in terms of getting a driver's license and being able to drive a car than there are than to be able to buy a gun. And in the states, as I said before, you know, there are there is an abundance of mass shootings that have happened in this year alone, and it's only getting worse. And the challenge is that I see these shootings being used for political rhetoric, for uh, for personal ideology, and these mass shootings are turned into a a sort of speaking point where you know certain people get up and say oh this is why we as you know we as men need the freedom to be able to whatever uh and uh, to be able to do and say whatever we want and we need we need to be able to protect each other and all the more reasons why we should own guns and why you should own guns and very quickly the solution to mass shootings uh becomes this idea that somehow the solution to the problem is owning more guns and training yourself in using the gun. And that is just an archaic form of a solution to a problem, right? Imagine that a, a different country, imagine that a different country uh, had a disease and that actually a whole bunch of countries have are, are plagued with a certain disease, right? And they're, they're riddled with plague. And one country says, you know what? We've tried a whole bunch of things. Nothing seems to have made any difference, but we're going to try this one thing. We're going to put in these procedures and these procedures are, are hopefully going to help make it so that less people die from this disease. And sure enough, within a year and two years go by and five years go by and what they see is that less and less, less people are dying in, on a mass scale from this disease simply because of the precautionary measures that they've put in place. And a lot of countries start to adopt this uh, method, these putting in these precautionary methods, and they see the exact same thing happen. They see the disease is starting to drop, less people are dying uh, from this disease, and, and people are healthier and happier and safer simply because of these precautionary measures. But then there is a country that is saying that it is their, their uh, constitutional right to die from that disease, and that they can't put the the legislation or the precautionary measures in place in order to protect people from that disease because it's their constitutional right to die from it. Surely, if this was the case, if it was a disease and not a gun, we would take one step back, give our head a big fucking shake, and, and put these precautionary measures into place because we would be tired of watching people die from a disease that is plaguing our country or our city or our community. And yet we seem uh, handcuffed. People in the United States seem handcuffed to come to some sort of a unified, decisive action on this because of religious beliefs, because of political beliefs, because of nationalistic ideologies, and the solutions to it become archaic and absurd. And, and on this round, the reason why I decided to speak up was actually kind of an, a weird and maybe a funny one to, to you, but I'm going to share it with you. I was watching the news and I started to see this huge message being pushed forward that video games are to blame. And this initially outraged me. 
And then it made me laugh really hard <laughs> because the thought that a video game and like, let's be clear, I started playing first person shooter games with Nintendo, right? Like the OG of video games. I started way back in the day of Duck Hunt. I had the gun, right? Which they don't even they don't sell anymore, right? Like you can't you don't buy you don't buy video games and there's a gun included. There's just it's not really a popular thing. There's a controller, right? To, to sort of make it less real. But I've played first-person shooter games since I was a kid, since I was like 12. Never once in my life have I ever considered shooting other people, okay? Video games have never been responsible for me having the remotest inclination of causing physical harm onto other people. But there is this huge narrative starting to come out that all of these mass shootings are on the rise because of the internet because of video games and and the impact that those things have on our generation of young men. And I could not disagree more with this absolutely mind-numbing concept that video games are to blame. They're not. Hate is to blame. Hate is to blame. And right now, there is a systemic issue in the United States of hate being perpetuated everywhere. And people's lives are, are suffering because of it. People's quality of life are suffering. Their relationships are suffering. Their community is suffering. And this, this idea, this idea that so many of these people abide by, right? Because so, so much of, of America that believes in the Second Amendment so feverishly most of these people are very devout Christians and Catholics that, that believe in the idea of loving thy neighbor. And this concept of loving thy neighbor seems to have fallen by the wayside. And now there are all of these asterisks and all of these caveats and all of these uh, love thy neighbor, but only if they're white, but only if they speak the same language, but only if they were born in the same country as me or believe in the same God as me or the same religion as me or want to send their, their kids to the same school as me or, or whatever else that it is. And because of that, we have, we have sadly lost the ability to logically think from our hearts. We have lost the ability to logically look at these at these solutions, uh, sorry, at these problems, with solutions of of love and compassion and unity. And instead of that, we have created hatred and separation and segregation and, and racism, and we have allowed these things to to permeate through our culture through our news environments, we've allowed them to permeate our newspapers, our social media, and we have allowed hate to become the main thing that we talk about constantly, and I'm absolutely fucking tired of it. I am absolutely fucking tired of it. And at some point, we have to turn back to love. We have to turn back to love. And we have to start making decisions again from a space of love and compassion and empathy. And we have to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to just relax a little bit on my nationalistic ideologies because I can see that the problem is that when we lead with hate, 
it creates more division and more separation and more segregation. And this hatred is going to absolutely, absolutely more so than it is now, because in my opinion, it's going to get worse before it gets better. It is absolutely going to tear the United States of America apart. And it already is. It's tearing apart the people and the communities and the cities. And when things like this happen, the saddest part of all of it, of the whole thing, is that people cannot talk about this in a loving and respectful way. They have to post crappy memes about it. They have to put up, you know, ridiculous gifts about it that make light of it. They have to turn it into a political issue of the left is always trying to do that or the right is always trying to do that. They, they, they make it into a religious issue. They make it into a nationalistic issue of, well, it's my right and I'm entitled to, rather than taking a step back and saying hundreds and thousands of real people are dying because of this. And if this was any other, uh, any other problem, if it was a disease, we would have solved it by now because the answer is obvious. If it was a vehicle, we would have put rules in place to prevent this because we would have seen how dangerous it is. If there was, if it was a drug problem, we would have gone to war on drugs, right? Which by the way, has been incredibly uh, unhelpful. And, and we now have a larger opioid crisis than ever before. And so you can see that the simplest form of this, and, and Da Vinci said, simplicity is the ultimate form of sophistication. And it's how we solve our problems. We distill them down to the simplest form and we say, what is the simplest answer based on love and compassion and empathy? Not something that's going to spread hatred. So that's my message for you today. I hope that you meant it forward. I hope you pass this on. And I hope that you share this on your social media platforms.